0: you by Geek Vibes Nation. I'm your host Nick Smith, and joining me tonight
1: is Jawan Carter. What up, Jawan? What is up? I am desperate for some basketball, so I guess talking about it will will do it for now.
0: <laughs> yes, we still got it. We still got a little while to wait um, before we actually get to see it again. It's so crazy that, like, you know, like I I, I feel like, and I think the calendar backs this up, like. Like, in years past, like, I was, like, I, I felt deprived enough to where, like, I was, like, dude, I need to get, like, I can't wait to watch some Summer League. And, like, this season, it's just, like, Summer League happened, like, right after the regular season. Or, I'm sorry, the, the postseason. Um, and it's just, like, you know, I, I don't feel like I really watched enough of it. um, And, mm-hmm. like, now I'm, like, man, I'd I really like to see some fucking basketball right now. <laughs> Like, and summer league's over and it's still a long time until preseason. Um, I tell you what though, um uh uh the Hawks are playing the Pelicans in a preseason game and I'm definitely trying to get tickets to that shit, dude. Like go see Trey and uh John Collins and those those new young kids, fucking Cam Reddish and DeAndre Hunter and you know, square off against fucking Zion and Jackson Hayes and you know fucking Nikhil Alexander Walker and all those all those old Lakers too like that's gonna be fucking fun as shit so I, uh, I, I will well, say... At
1: least,
0: at least for the first half right. anyway they'll probably bench everybody after that but
1: oh yeah most definitely but I will say um shouts out to Ice Cube for trying his best to give us basketball while the NBA is in its off season it's just not yeah. enough names I care about. So it's just, it's really hard. Like if you can go get like Dwayne Wade, Carmelo, um, like, like guys like that, like if you can get guys like that to be in it, then I think I'd be more entertained. But, uh, what the big three is for me is I see a lot of players that I didn't know weren't in the league still. Like that's how I know like, they're no longer in the NBA. I'm like, oh, that's Mario. Yeah, you're, so, like, you're like, oh shit. No when did Joe Johnson
0: retire? <laughs>
1: right, exactly. So that's pretty much yeah. what it's been for me. Is like, oh, forgot about that guy. Okay, it's cool.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, and that between that and like, I mean, I, a huge shout out to the WNBA and all those athletes. Um, yeah, you know that like they're fucking far superior at basketball than you know, uh, I could ever have dreamt of being, and they're, you know, highly talented and everything, it's just, I can't, like, it's, it's like, it's like the same thing, like, I can't watch, like, small, small level, like, college basketball, like, I can, I can watch, like, the the elite college basketball stuff, but it's like, it's just a whole different level, and I mean, that's the same thing with the big three, it's just a whole different level of talent, you know, like, we we want to watch the cream of the crop, the best of the best, and you, you only get that in the NBA. Um, but uh, but yeah, like it's it's gonna be a tough uh, couple months. Like I gotta I gotta really turn to baseball right now, and it's like I'm really not interested <laughs> in baseball until until October, like until we get to the postseason. I don't really care about baseball. Um, and see, and then by then, like we'll have football, we'll have basketball starting back up, and everything. Like October is gonna be fucking dope, dude. Like, God, I love – that's, like, probably my favorite month of the year just because of everything that's happening. Um, but, uh, but yeah, anyway, uh, we do have some news to, to get to. Um, let's start it off with a big contract extension that just dropped today. Um, the Portland Trailblazers signed C.J. McCollum to a three-year, $100 million contract extension. Uh, So much for my CJ for Tobias trade idea. (laughs) Um, That ain't (laughs) happening anymore. Um, But, uh, but nevertheless, I love this extension for, for really both sides, but particularly the Blazers. Um, By getting him on this extension. Now um, they kind of avoid what I was poking and prodding at with my notion of that Tobias Harris trade. Now, they got him for that extra three years after his two years are done. So they got him for five more years. Um, and essentially that'll take him through the rest of his prime. He's 20, he will be 28, um, at the start of this season. So you got 28, 29, 30, 31, 32. Like that's about where you want your, like, um, like that contract to end is like right around 32 years old. Um, cause we know after that, like, most players, um, they, they fall off a good bit. Um, so that makes perfect sense for them. Um, they have him for only one year shorter than they signed Dame, uh, with his contract extension. So they're keeping these guys together. They're going to keep trying to work on the margins to get this team better. Um, to me, um, the only thing that I would be saying if, and we've talked about this before, if I'm Dame and I'm CJ, it's like, all right, you got us you got us to sign these extensions. Like we we fucking saw the Lakers and the Clippers just throw countless fucking picks and all kinds of shit and and make trades happen. Like, could you imagine if you know, the fucking Blazers had been like, Oh, well, shit, like Paul George is available, like what's it gonna cost us? Oh, it's shit, it's gonna cost us five first round picks and you know, a couple young players and what have you, like, damn, I don't know if we can give that up. Um, well, the next time that happens, like, they probably should give that up. <laughs> like, what are we doing <laughs> here if you're, not, if you're not getting another fucking elite player to play alongside these guys? Um, I, I, I'm going to be interested to see um, if they get involved in any sort of Bradley Beal discussions, which we'll get to in the next topic. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean – It's tough to forecast who's going to be the next, like, big name outside of that to, like, really go on the market. Um, But they need to be heavily involved, and if it costs them, you know, an obscene amount of picks or any of their young guys, whether it be Zach Collins, Anthony Simons, um, Nazir Little, like, who cares? Just, like, fucking do it. Now you have both of your guys locked up. Like you need to capitalize on this window, um, and uh, I mean you have those two guys to fall back on, even if it falls through. Like even if you make the trade and they leave in a year or two. Um, so I, I love the extension for him. I think it opens up a lot of possibilities. I think for CJ, um, you know he's probably looking at it like this is where I want to be. Like uh, you know if I get it, up, you know three more years at a hundred million tacked on, like I'm cool with that, um, so good on him, um, but yeah, I, I, I really like this deal, what are your thoughts?
1: Well, one, I want to give a huge shout out to Portland, uh, this is a franchise that after, <clears throat> excuse me, Brandon Roy and the Greg Oden, was it, Rudy Fernandez, and those guys, after that kind of team fell apart because of injury, um, it didn't look good. Then you get LaMarcus, then you get Dane, you had Wesley, Batum, and those guys, Lopez, and you built a playoff team. Um, and they have been a playoff team very consistently. Um, we spoke about this last time me and you did a show together, and I was saying hey, you only trade CJ if if you can get someone that is a, uh, a needle pusher, like someone that is legit moving or, or swinging the pendulum even. that team, because that team is facing the same thing the Rockets face. It's like, well, you've gotten to the Western Conference Finals, so the only other step is for you to be able to get to the actual finals. So your move can't just be, uh, oh, we just need, like, a few things here or there. No, the other team has Durant. You need something that swings the pendulum. Maybe this year that's Russell Westbrook. So if you're the, the trailblazers, if you can't find something drastically better, you go with what you know, with his work. You just hope adding a Hassan Whiteside does something for you. Um, You know, and then obviously, hopefully down the road, you can make something happen around the trade deadline, but I like this for CJ. Uh, I I felt like he and Dame were very much on the same page of, I just feel comfortable here. Like, I I don't want to go team up with LeBron or Durant or Kawhi. Like, I'm cool staying here, uh, getting my money, and trying to win uh, a championship here. And it should be respected, but like I always tell you, Nick, once you ask for that money, knowing that that money locks that team up from being able to spend anything because they're now paying two players uh, a lot of money, I don't ever want to hear you say, if the team could just surround me with better talent. Well, that is easy to do if they had the money to do so. Um, So as long as they're... They're cool with knowing that that money is is a hit. Um, I'm completely happy for him, and and I can't wait to watch more Portland basketball because I love the game of, of Lillard and, uh, and CJ.
0: Yeah, and like, thing is, like, especially with a team like Portland, um, they've been in the luxury tax for like three or four years straight now. Like, they don't care about paying the luxury tax, or at least they they haven't, and. They're, you know, transactions this offseason um, and, you know, these extensions kind of signal a, a continuation of that. Um, so what I think is going to be important for them is um, they have a lot of expiring contracts this season, utilizing those expiring contracts in some form or fashion um, to try and make a trade to get more talent, knowing that they don't have, um cap flexibility going forward um so it's going to be interesting to follow um and, and kind of see if that ends up playing out in any significant manner um but yeah i mean if they're not able to do that there's not something on the table that is um actually you know beneficial to them uh, throughout this season when all that money comes off the books they can't get that money back on the books so you're absolutely right in the sense of um because you know they have these guys making so much money um it's going to be really difficult um to continue to surround them with talent if they don't do it this year um and you know they're going to have to continue to pay the luxury tax if they want to um really you know commit to having a contender built around these two guys which like I said they you know seemingly have had no problem doing um but you know, you never know. That can change sometimes. So,
1: you know what? Um,
0: we'll see. Go ahead.
1: No, I was just gonna say. You know, what's crazy about today's NBA? Like, you think that maybe ten, fifteen years ago, you would go a guy like CJ getting a contract like that is, you know, you're not able to move them. Like, no team wants wants that much money. i you know, that much money on their books. They want the flexibility. Right. Um, but I feel like in today's game, if a team feels like they're right there, they're willing to take that cap hit um, just to win a championship. Uh, you, oh, you look yeah. At the team like the Pistons, who are desperate for a star, like they're like, oh, you signed Blake for that long-term deal? We'll take it because not only does, uh, is he locked, locked in for, like, the next five years so I don't have to worry about him, you know, just walking, um, but I need a star. So, I mean, I right. think if you're CJ and you're Dame, even if you're Portland, you're looking at it and you're going, even if this is a huge cap hit, um, we still have flexibility because let's say if a few years from now a team that's on the rise and they just need like a, a star piece like Dame or CJ, um, they'll be willing to take them. Like, this contract won't scare them away. Um, so it's just crazy how times change because I kind of feel like 15. 10, 15 years ago, other teams would look at these contracts and go, I would have rather worked this contract with him in free agency. So it was more flexible to us rather than taking a contract that was already given to someone. Now it's just like, if I him, I'll take him. I don't care.
0: Right. Yeah. Well, and I think because of the way the market is too, it's just nine times out of 10, you'd rather have the guy locked up. There's, there are some, some extenuating circumstances on that. Like for instance, I think that it is it is debatable as to like the Kevin Love contract extension. That may have hurt his trade value. Um I think ultimately what really hurt his trade value last season he was just hurt. Um Yeah. But um but I don't know if the market would have would have been there for Kevin Love this off season given that he was hurt. Um, I I don't think it would have cost as much as they um, doled out to to keep him there. But um, nevertheless, I mean, any of those things are are calculated. um, uh, And sometimes they work, sometimes they don't. Um, But I I think this is a good one. Um, I really do. McCollum, he's had a pretty good history of health. um, And I think he's got the kind of game that will age well into his early 30s um and like i said they got him in that like kind of perfect little spot like it was gonna really suck if two years went by and he's like i want that five-year deal and you're like fuck man i don't want to pay him until he's 35 <laughs> like um like you know essentially what houston had to do with chris paul um mm-hmm. so uh you know it, it ends up kind of working out uh for them that they were able to get this done and like i said you know uh obviously cj was cool with it um you know we said but both said that's kind of seems like where he both he and Dame want to be. Um, so, yeah, it's going to be, to me, all about trying to figure out what that third piece is um, to pair with these guys. Because I don't think, even if, if Nurkic is healthy, I don't think he's quite that third piece. He's more that fourth piece. Um, and, you know, none of the other guys they currently have on their roster are really uh, like a quality third piece. Um, so um, we'll see if they can get in play for like a Danilo Gallinari um, or maybe a, a three way deal that you know it's just difficult to kind of predict at this time. but you know if, let's say, well, first let's let's move on to the next topic and then I'll, I'll, I'll kind of tie it back in. Um, all right, so the wizards. Uh, have not been able to secure a contract extension with Bradley Beal, and David Aldridge of The Athletic um, has reported that Beal has no intent uh, uh, of signing an extension. Um, we talked about this, you uh, know, last week or, or shortly before, that he there's no reason he should sign an extension for numerous reasons. One, he's just cost himself money, and two, um, that like this team – uh, is is he's not in a situation where CJ is, where it, he's been on a team that's been consistently good for you know five six seasons. Um, he's been on a team that's been mediocre at best, and as of late, really bad. Um, so uh, and he's younger. He's younger than McCollum. Um, so I I think that you know it makes sense that he wouldn't sign this extension. My big question is what does this mean for the Wizards? Um, Because if if I'm the Wizards, I'd start fielding trade offers now. I would have been doing it in the fucking offseason, if I'm being completely honest. But, you know, technically they didn't have a a GM. Even though the GM that they now have was their GM at the time, but at the time he was just their interim GM. So I don't know if he he had the wherewithal to be able to make that kind of deal. Um, But... Um, you know, now they're looking at a situation where um, if he doesn't sign it, he's only got two years left on his deal. Um, if you want to maximize his potential, I'm feel I'm making phone calls now um, to both teams that I can trade with before the season starts, and teams that I can trade with come December fifteenth when all of the new signed salaries um, are are then tradable, um, and. I'm going to weigh my options, and if I feel like waiting until the 15th, which I think is probably best for them, um, ends up being the best option if they don't get blown away by an offer, um, which I, I don't think they will be before the season starts, um, uh, then I, I'm looking at that, but I'm, I'm definitely looking to move him by the trade deadline to try and maximize the, the potential value that I could get for him. Um, but I don't see a future um, where Bradley Beal starts not this upcoming season, but the following season on the Washington Wizards. Like one way or another, even if he's not dealt at the deadline, you have to figure he's dealt in next off season. Um, so th- this he does kind of seem like the the next star player to be traded, if you will. If we're not, um, you know, putting. Uh, DeMar DeRozan or, um, you know, uh, Kevin Love or, you know, one of those guys on that, on that list. Um, but, uh, but, yeah, um, so that's, that's going to be intriguing. If you're Washington, um, what are you looking to do with Beal, given that, you know, if we are to believe this report that he has no interest in signing an extension? Um, and, you know, if you are shipping him, what are you looking to get in return?
1: Uh see Bradley Beal is is tough. Um very gifted scorer. Very 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 gifted scorer. Not he's I think he's a solid defender, not the best, not the worst. Um yeah, he's so a plus me, defender. Like yeah. he's
0: not an elite defender, but he's not a he's not hurting you on the defensive end by any means.
1: Right. So to me, I would do if I'm Washington, I would do the same thing seemingly OKC did with Russ. Um, as far as the rumors were saying, that they were thinking about maybe, uh, you know, trying to trade him sometime around um, uh, the draft. Uh, I would just, like, if I was Washington, I I wouldn't try to hide it. Uh, This team isn't going to do anything next year, so you don't have to worry about it, Um, you know, hurting the locker room. I would start making it known right now, like, who wants Bradley Beal? (laughs) What offers can you give me? Let's not play games. If we can, you know, get something on the table so once we get everything straightened out, we can head into the season, maybe make this happen as early as possible, um, I would do it. And if I'm them, I don't know if you can get what um, the Clippers got. Not the Clippers, I'm sorry. OKC got for Paul George. I don't think no, Bradley Deal is of that level. But. I mean, again, we know this for a fact, Nick. There's suckers every day in the NBA. Um, so I'm yeah. definitely asking well, for... Well, it depends how desperate uh, a
0: team may get.
1: Very true. So it might do them uh, better to wait till the trade deadline um, because that's when teams obviously are at their most desperate. Um, but what you don't want to do is play hardball, a team doesn't bite, and then they're like, I'll just wait for them to become a free agent. Um, so, I mean, right. that, that that's also a risk. But um, I'm telling them I want you know, as many draft picks as, as you can give me. Like I mean, sure, right. a player or two, you know, would be fine. But I don't even want that.
2: You give <laughs> me as
1: many draft picks as you possibly can, and Bradley Beal is yours. Um, I think yeah. both sides understand that it's time. Um, so to me, I, I I don't see why Beal would cause any issues about a trade. I don't see why Washington would either. I think the best thing for them to do is kind of have a conversation with Bradley, see where he would like to go. And then if they do want to wait till the trade deadline, they can spend this entire time um, figuring out where Bill would like to go. Excuse me. And then seeing what you could do um, with that team so you can get the the most out of it. But to me, I would hate it if Washington's way of letting go of Bill was to send him uh, now, again, if a team gives you the best offer and that's not where Bill wants to go, he has no option. Um, right. I, I don't see teams giving a gauntlet like uh, like OKC got. So, to me, I kind of feel like the teams that would want bill their offers would kind of be the same. Like you might have a team that might have like a little bit of an edge, um, but I don't see anyone that's going to offer some something that drastic Uh that the race is only between one team to get Bradley Beal. So to me, work with Beal, find a place that he's comfortable going to, that you know you can get the maximum from, and you can just trade him.
0: Yeah. Um I think as far as like right now, I'm looking at a team like Denver. Um my only thing with Denver is I don't know I don't know how much Denver would actually like want to give up. Um like I I look at a team like Denver and I could easily see them being like look we don't need to make that kind of move like we think Jokic is only going to get better Murray's only going to get better Harris is really solid um we still got Michael Porter Jr who's going to be coming back we just made a a trade um for uh for Jeremy Grant um and we were excited about having him um like I could see them being a team that's like yeah I don't I don't really want to give you more than like one one future pick and like you know plus Gary Harris and you know something to make the the you know money work maybe maybe that's Michael Porter um but like I don't know and, and then if you're if you're Washington I'm looking at that and I'm like well that's not enough like I got to get more than that um so I, I you know I think it's probably for that reason I think it's probably best for them, um, you know, to, to at least not necessarily wait until the trade deadline, but wait until the fifteenth when everybody who just signed can then be traded. Um, see, right. if I look at a team, I look at a team like Philly. Just as I was looking at them with CJ, like I could see them giving up even more, like Tobias, plus even more um, assets than they would give up for CJ to get Beale because Beal's younger. I think Beal would be like an even more ideal closer um, than CJ. Um, and I think that, um, you know, the fact that um, that would – if I'm if I'm looking at that from Philly's perspective, I'm like, yeah, this, this may be – this is going to be enough to put us over the top. This makes us – this at least makes us better than Milwaukee um so you know if we can get to the finals then you know we're good um and i could see them easily talking themselves into that um sort of situation um and then here's where i'll i'll, I'll kind of tie this back to portland like and not not specifically to um to this particular situation but um you know this just just happens to work say if you're washington and you could maybe get, um, say, three first-round picks out of Philly plus Tobias Harris, which you can then flip to, say, um, Portland for an expiring contract um, plus a young player plus a first-round pick. Now, all of a sudden, you're looking at getting, you know, say, four first-round picks, um, you know, uh, an expiring contract and a young player. Like, now you're looking at being, like, yes, like that, we can we can work with that as far as a whole. Um, and maybe that's the kind of move uh, that, say, a team like Portland may want to pursue as being kind of that third team if part of the package is um, sending back a reasonably good player for Bradley Beal, um, a la a Tobias Harris. Um, so it'll be interesting to monitor um, like w- w- what kind of... Um, what kind of rumors start to circulate as far as the various teams that are interested in Beal and potential packages um, that, that they either could offer or that, uh, you know, have been reported to have been offered um, going to be a very interesting thing uh, to to follow throughout the season. Um, but I, I mean, I don't think there's going to be any shortage of teams that aren't ish, interested in Beal. I mean, I think Boston would be very interested in Bradley Beal. Um, it's, it's, tough to make a, to make an offer from them. They're, like, once again in that same situation that they were in two years ago where, like, it's really hard to cobble together contracts uh, for them in a trade because, um, you know, they lost um, Al Horford, and that would have been a nice piece to trade because it would have been an expiring contract. Um, and, you know, they didn't really re-sign any of those other guys because they brought in Kimba, um so they couldn't afford to re sign any of those other guys and maintain that uh max spot. So my my thinking would be it would have to be something centered around um uh Jalen Brown and Marcus Smart. Um and then probably probably the Memphis pick, honestly. Um and the main reason being why is Smart is in the last year of his rookie deal, so yeah, I mean it, it, if I'm looking at that if I'm Washington I'm like man like yeah we like we really like Jalen Brown but what's it going to cost us in the offseason to keep him um like we might end up you know trading for him and then all of a sudden next season we're paying him more than Boston's now paying Bradley Peel um you know like that's just the way the NBA is going um so that's something that you have to monitor um so yeah I mean I think uh but I definitely think they'll be interested. I think a lot of the Eastern teams will be interested. We know Miami's interested. Um, it's just going to be. I think it's going to be impossible for them to to put together a, a legitimate trade package, especially considering I think Washington would be super foolish to try and use Brad Beal to get off a John Wall's contract because you're just going to be reducing like what you're what you're getting back in return in that deal. So I don't I don't like that play at all. I think you should just trade Beal, get the absolute best package that you can for him, and then just resign yourself to the fact that you're not going to be able to trade Wall at least for the next couple seasons. um, You know, until people see a a proven product back on the floor from him, Um, which is fine if you're a rebuilding team. A supermax contract that you can't move isn't really hurting you at that point, you know. So, um, so yeah, I don't know. I think it'll be interesting. Uh, like I said, a lot of teams, I I, I think Indiana honestly is another team. Um, like, I mean, if you're Indiana and you, if you look at Beal and you're like, yeah, we could play him at the three, like that's fine. Like we could, we could basically run, um, Brogdon, Oladipo and Beal, um, as kind of a, a three guard lineup. Um, and, like, you know, essentially give up, say, Miles Turner, um, you know, uh, at least one first-round pick in the future. Um, and then, you know, they, they got Aaron Holiday, um, who's, you know, a young player. that got distracted, Guga Patase, um who, you know, has a lot of upside. Um, like, there's a package to be made there um, as well. And they have some, some other contracts that they could use to, to fill it out, whether it's you know, Doug McDermott or Justin Holiday or, you know, whoever. So um, I think there's some potential there. I think I, I would expect a lot of these Eastern Conference teams that are right on that kind of fringe uh, that aren't quite um, in that rarefied air with uh, Milwaukee and Philly um, to definitely take interest. So, um, so yeah, I, I guess I'm, I'm rambling here, um, but I do this to make the point that I think it's in Washington's best interest to wait until the 15th of December when they can get all of these other teams um, sort of back in the fold, unless you just get wowed by um, a particular offer, um, you know, from a team that doesn't want to risk that, you know, you know, not being available um, or that not being the best offer later. Um, so yeah, um, we'll see. Uh, anything you want to add before we move on?
1: Uh no, I mean like I said, I just I kept listening to your trade offers, and I'm like, geez, this is the second trade Nick has proposed to send Tobias Harris out of um, <laughs> <laughs> out of Philly, and I'm like, I just don't want to see him in a losing culture again. But uh, to see Bradley Beal no. in Philly, hey, but, but um, like,
0: and if you could get ahead. a three way trade going where Tobias went to um. Went to um, Portland and got to play with Dame and CJ. That'd be pretty fucking terrific.
1: Yeah, that I would love. I, I would love that. Uh, I'd be a huge fan of that one. Um, but to to me, it's just like at the end of the day, if I'm them, I'm putting feelers out, seeing what you know, checking the temperature, seeing like, hey, who wants to to shore up their roster by adding Bradley Beal? Boston was interesting to me. Only issue I have is you got to get rid of um, Jalen Brown if you go get Bradley Beal. Like, you just you have to. Um, or right. you're facing the same struggle again. Uh, unless they want uh, Gordon Hayward, then you don't have to worry about it. But if you're bringing in another star yeah,
0: that ain't while
1: Gordon's there, while Tatum's there, Jalen Brown's going to be the odd man out. <laughs> so right. it's like that kid will never develop because he won't get playing time. Um, right. So I mean that that is an interesting situation, and I think not only would the Celtics be very happy to let go of Brown to bring in Beal, um, but Luke would be a huge Bradley Beal uh, fan if they were able yeah, to pull that off. Um, he would he would not be against that trade whatsoever.
0: No, I mean if you had Kimba Beal and Tatum as like kind of your big three, like that that's that's a pretty it's a pretty nice fucking roster. I I feel like, you know, at that point there, has to be at least some talk about Boston being a you know a, a contender again, even if, uh, you know, their starting center is and is Canter, which is still, I like in as Canter, I like the, I like the contract that they got Canter on, um, I do not like him as my starting center though, <laughs> um, so. Let's just be real about that. Um, But Uh, yeah, I I, like I said, I I think there's gonna be, I think there's gonna be plenty of offers out there. But um,
2: are you there, Jawan?
0: Jawan. Sorry, everyone. We are experiencing some technical difficulties, Jawan. You there? Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you now. Um can you hear me? Right. Uh, yeah, I'm here. Yeah, I can. Yeah. Okay, I can hear you. cool. Um all right, let's move on though. Uh we'll be quick on this one. Um but uh I forgot to cover this last week. Um so players only from T M T. No more. Um Holly fucking Luya. Um that that was just it was so bad every time I would, like, bit, get excited to, like, tune into a fucking TNT game, and I gotta listen to fucking Chris Webber and Isaiah Thomas and God knows who else, just butcher fucking games, like, and, and just, the thing that drove me most crazy is, like, when they would, uh, when they would go back to them in the studio and they, like, they're just, like, cutting up with each other and laughing at every little fucking thing, and it's like, None of what y'all are saying is funny at all, (laughs) like, whatsoever. Um, And, like, Isaiah Thomas was the worst, just always laughing at everything, and I'm just like, oh, my God, dude, like, this motherfucker's been hitting us off. Um, Like, I'm so happy that this is done. I I always thought that it could work if they got the right players in, Um, but they they had so few guys who – actually had the right kind of mentality, right kind of skill um, to actually do um you know a, a, a broadcast whether it be um you know a, an in-game broadcast or um a, a studio broadcast um you know at, at halftime and, and post game and all that um it just never works the majority like 90% of the guys they had were garbage um so I, i'm glad that They've wised up, and they're like, yeah, we're not doing that anymore. What are your thoughts?
1: Yeah, mine will be super quick. Chris Weber should never be on anyone's television um, talking. <laughs> uh, he's literally the worst thing ever. I have to mute games he's calling um, because I can't listen to it. I, I just can't. Uh, he's very, very, very annoying. Uh, only person worse is, is Ryan Holland, but that's a whole nother conversation. Hmm. But I'm hmm. glad they got rid of it. You have to find guys that are more, um, you know, like find someone that's more like uh, Mark Jackson, that's more like Reggie Miller, who are like kind of personalities. Who And to what you were saying, a lot of their jokes back and forth are like inside jokes. So it's like you're yeah. laughing, but like you just came from commercial break. I don't know what you said. So it's like I'm sitting here uncomfortable. Like, are you going to talk basketball or are you just going to laugh at each other right. for like 30 minutes? So I'm glad Not it's Not to mention –
0: not to mention the whole, well, <clears throat> let me tell you this, Chris. Back in my day, like, how many fucking <laughs> times do we have to hear that shit? Like, oh, my God. Like, uh, and, like, it, it's all right to have a little bit of that. But, like, you just can't fill up your whole broadcast with it. Um, and I'll I'm say not this. even that big a fan of Reggie Miller, honestly. Like, um, Mark Jackson, fine. I'm cool with him. I love – uh uh Chauncey and Jalen over on ESPN. Um, I think both those guys do a great job. Kevin McHale, um, he's he's pretty good as far as like a former player um who who's you know, kinda does different um different parts of the spectrum. Um obviously um you know, Kenny Shack, um and Chuck, uh, you know, they're they're all good. But most of see I don't even think any those guys would necessarily be that good on their own. They're they're good they're great together. Um, so, um, but yeah, like there's just, most of those players only guys, Don't there was only what, maybe Kevin McHale and, and, um, uh, and Mark Jackson was never on players only that, like he, he just does those broadcasts, uh, in California with Dan Kundy. So like, yeah, I mean, right. pretty much Kevin McHale will, was the only guy that I actually kind of liked.
1: I will say if TNT is looking to replace it. Um, I heard very strong rumors that Michelle Beadle, their NBA countdown, like they're getting rid of everyone but Jalen and apparently they're gonna right. put Rachel Nichols in, in that spot. So give Michelle yeah, Beadle, uh Paul Pierce and um Oof. Tracy McGrady. No, not Paul I Pierce. would love Tracy McGrady. Oh, okay. Well not Paul Don't Pierce, get... but Chauncey Billups, yeah. Tracy McGrady and Michelle Beadle. Give them that that show. Uh, and let that be what what we have. Uh, if, if you're looking for something to replace, it, if not, then just keep it blank. But I do love right. Michelle Beetle, I do love um, Tracy do McGrady too. on the jump. Uh, and a, another right. guy I would love them to put on there is Amin. I love me some Amin. Amin is great. Yeah, I, I love mean, I don't that think guy. they're going to
0: pilfer those guys from ESPN, uh, like the guys who they didn't fire. Um, but, I mean, uh you know, I I I heard that there was potential that they may keep Chauncey, but move him to something different. Um, so I don't know, but I I like Chauncey a lot. I think he does a really good job. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I do like Beetle. I think she she brings um I, like I I just like what she brings to the to the mix. I think she does a good job of kind of, um, you know, having. Uh, having like kind of seemingly having that fan perspective, um, you know, in in the midst of everything. And it's important to have that, um, which I think Ernie Johnson, um, kind of brings you that with, with TNT. So I think it's important, maybe not fan perspective isn't the right word, but like non-player outside perspective, if you will. Um, and you know, it's important. And I mean, I, I should is I'm not comparing her to Ernie Johnson. Like Ernie Johnson's the fucking best. Like let's not let's not split hairs here. But like I think Beetle does do a good job. Um, but yeah, get get keep Paul Pierce the fuck away from the television too. He and Chris Webber can go chill together, uh, far far away from fucking cameras. Like as far as I'm concerned, because damn man, it's just just terrible terrible. <laughs> oh, <Chuck> would say. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, it'll be interesting to see what they kind of come up with to replace this. Another thing I hate, and I haven't heard anything about this. Uh, I don't like area 21. I, like, I don't like it at all. Like, I love Kevin Garnett, but I just don't like that segment. It's just not a good segment. It's like the same thing as players only. Um, like, I, I just don't, I don't think it's good at all. Like, I've never once watched it and been like, that was really good. Like, ever. In my whole life, every time I watch it, I'm just like, "What the fuck, man? This is terrible!" Like, I it, I think
1: it, that I, show, I, I think that show would be more entertaining if they would, uh, make Garnet like if that show was an off-air thing, like part of like TNT's website, to where you could let Garnett sure. be Garnett, because I think you're yeah. what you're trying to have him be is is not authentic. So it's like right. I, I don't want to hear Garnett not. I want Honey Nut Cheerios Garnet. Like I want that yeah. Garnet. Trash gotta talking. Like yo. he's got to be able to drop like at least seven f bombs,
0: a couple n bombs, and like whatever the fuck else he wants to say. Like you got to yeah. let K G be K G for sure. Like yeah, a hundred um, percent. Because you know, you know, like he's that's that's K G. Like I know I, you're you're a hundred percent right. Like um, I do think that if they gave him that kind of flexibility it would it would work better. Um I still don't know if I would really like it, but I, I think I, I definitely would like it more than what they're trying to do with it now. because um, it just doesn't work. Um but uh but yeah anyway, um they're always you know, they, they always have the tried and true to go back to so long as um all those guys want to do it with um you know uh uh Chuck Kenny, Shaq and Ernie. like that's that's just a great great matchup. It took a while for Shaq to get ingrati- ingratiated into it, but now that he is, oh, it's really good. Um but all right, let's move on. Uh so uh, y'all can read the quotes, they're out there. I'm not going to like I don't want to get bogged down too much with the, like the Kendrick Perkins quotes go on for a while. <laughs> um but <laughs> the Kerr recently said that 80s trade request um, and, and the manner in w- which it went down was was bad for the league that he hopes, you know, that that doesn't continue to happen. Well, Kendrick Perkins fired back, um, basically saying, um, who were you to talk about what's bad for the league? Like, I mean, y'all fucking, you know, added Kevin Durant to a 73-win team, and then, you know, went out the next season, and or, you know, two seasons later, and added Boogie Cousins, um Literally trying to stack the deck so much in your favor. Who are you to fucking talk, talk about? You know what another guy does and, and whether that's good or bad for the for the league. Um, honestly, I kind of see where both of them are coming from. Um, I think Kerr is is it, it has somewhat of a point that like, and I don't I don't mean to say this like um, that players shouldn't be able to, um, you know, take control of their destiny, so to speak. Um, Like, I mean, we've said it a couple times, you know, before on the show, um, you know, teams can trade players whenever the fuck they feel like it. So it would only make sense that a player could have some, some amount of that kind of same power um, and say, look, I don't want to be here anymore. Fucking trade me. Um, Now I do think Steve is right in the sense of, how all of that ended up going down and I don't think I don't think it's necessarily fair to blame this on Anthony Davis and the way that I read it I don't necessarily think that he was trying to put all the blame on Anthony Davis um but the way in which it went down where we got this this you know basically it wasn't even a leak it was fucking his Rich Paul like his agent straight up putting his name on it, that Anthony Davis wants to be traded, and he wants to be traded to L.A., um, and, you know, like, boom, that that drops Monday, like, huge woge bomb, and that, like, dominates the news cycles, and it really ends up fucking up two teams um, down the stretch of a season. Um, now, I, I guess you could say all's well that ends well. Um, like, I think both teams ended up just fine, uh, you know, just a few months later um but a lot of that had to do with you know um Adam Silver rigging the lottery um so that you know 100% so that so that New Orleans would get Zion to make up for the fact that they were losing Anthony Davis um, <laughs> yep. yep yep it also it also had to do with uh you know um I guess Anthony Davis being traded to where he wanted to be to go to in the first place um so now both teams are happy but, there, you know, there's definitely a million ways where this could have gone wrong. And it, 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 at the very least, it did go terribly wrong down the stretch of last season. So I am with Kerr there, but I'm also with Perk here in him saying, like, you know, maybe you're right, Kerr, Steve, but, like, he ain't exactly got a lot of room to talk about, like, what's good and bad for the fucking league. Like, you know, I, I, I think – you can make an argument that the Warriors were actually good for the league and it drummed up interest and all of this shit. Um, you know that, that super teams are, are, are the Goliaths of any particular league or actually good for the sport. Maybe, maybe not. Um, but I can tell you one thing: I don't think there's been this amount of excitement going into a season um, in fucking years, um, and. I uh, you know probably probably honestly not since the warriors beat the cavs the first time like because the warriors they weren't this unbeatable juggernaut yet um and you know though the cavs were probably going to cakewalk through the east um it was like wow like dude like you know they beat them yeah they, they didn't have Kyrie they didn't have Kevin Love could they could they do it if they did have those guys like that was a lot of excitement um but I mean, especially since they got KD, it's just been like, well, you know, it's pretty much, pretty much over already. Um, and you know, so I think there is some validity to what Perk was saying there. Um, I'm not going to get too much into all of the other shit that he said. So some of that got a, was a little too overboard for me, um, like him him starting to say Mark Jackson really built that team and Luke Walton fucking you know. Had a better record than you. Like yeah, it's, Steve Kerr's a good coach. Like you didn't have to. You didn't have to take it that far, Perk. But I do think that he does have a point there. Is like you. Don't, you don't. Ne- you don't necessarily have the best ground to stand on by saying what's good and what's not good for the league. Um. My my big thing is this. I alluded to it earlier. I think players should be able to request trades. I think that if a player requests a trade, then it's. it's it's incumbent upon that team to take that trade request seriously, and who knows, maybe Anthony Davis did request a trade a month prior to that, and there was just no traction on it. And so Rich Paul was like, "You know what? Fuck it, I'm going to leak this shit, uh, and I'm even going to put my fucking name on it because um, we need to get the fucking ball rolling on this shit." Um, so, you know, I, I I think there is, you know, maybe if it got to that point. Um, and that's what they felt they had to do, then, like I said, that's not entirely on AD. It's not even entirely on Rich Paul, who, were, you know, if that's the way it went down, were are making their intentions clear. Um, so I think best-case scenario, if a player wants to be traded, you handle it like Paul George and OKC did, um, and, and you, you know, work it out that way. Um, but, yeah, I mean, uh, I, I don't have a problem with players um, – You know, signing contracts and then deciding a year or two or whatever later that, you know what, I'd rather be somewhere else. So I'm going to request a trade. I can't demand it, but I can request it. You know, I can say, look, I don't want to be here. I would rather be there. I don't have a problem with that. Um, And uh, yeah, so like I said, I see both sides. I don't know whose side I lean to more. Probably, probably, probably Perk. but I mean i I think they both have some ground to stand on and, and some some flaws to their particular arguments. What are your
1: thoughts? um it, it's It's a weird situation, uh, and I say weird mainly because um to me, Rich Paul did what an agent is supposed to do. uh The agent's supposed to do what's in the best interest of their client. His client did not want to be there seemingly seems like the Pelicans did not take that serious. They kept saying, you know, play it out. Something comes up that, you know, is good enough. We'll trade for it. If not, you know, we still have them under contract. And it was just like, I don't think you're hearing me. I don't want to dribble another basketball in your uniform. Find somewhere to send me. Like, just send me there. Now, what is dirty is Rich Paul making it seem like the only team he would commit to was the Lakers that did handcuffs you? Because if I'm the Knicks, I, I'm not giving you everything. And then he leaves. If you're the, the, you know, if you're any other team, you're like, I'm not giving you everything. And then he leaves Boston. So that is what I think is, you know, was wrong. Do I think that that's bad for the league? No, it doesn't happen often enough. Um, and, you know, with the situation of Paul George, I think organizations might be more keen on, uh, you know, just having that conversation, you know, behind doors, just telling him like, "Hey, you're not happy here? No, right. I'm not. Like, can you can you find a way to trade me? All right, cool. I'll make some phone calls. We'll keep this under wraps. It'll only come out once we trade you. Fair enough. Right. Done. And See,
0: I'm not gonna trade so, you
1: unless I get a package that I think is worthy.
0: And like that's what right. OKC okay, so was able to negotiate. And that's the thing, like, the Lakers were willing to give them a worthy package, you know. Right, uh, they weren't
1: like, giving them stuff Even before. Right. right.
0: They weren't, so, yeah, exactly.
1: So, to me, this isn't, like, bad for the league. It's not bad at all. If anything, if anything, it goes to show you um, what I've been telling you, Nick, for forever. Rookies should. Stop being so, I'm trying to think of the, the right word, loyal to the team that, that drafted them. Only because, absolutely. excuse me, you, you've seen it way too many times. The first overall draft pick gets drafted to a bad team. That team, I'd say seven times out of ten, uh, maybe that's too low, but I'll say seven times out of ten, does not get better. with that player. Uh, They seemingly managed to either stay bad or get worse. So to me, if I'm a rookie, I'm going to start saying, there's no way I'm re-signing with you because you have me for four years. If you can't do anything to to, to take us from a non-playoff team or take us from a lottery team to a playoff team to like a second-round team, like we're gradually getting better each year, I'm going somewhere else. I'm going somewhere else that maybe suits me better.
0: Yeah, the rules are tricky, though. They're set up to to really um, prevent that. Now, how you can circumnavigate that, though, is you can say, look, I will sign – you got me on my four-year rookie deal, and this is exactly what I told you that Zion should do, or anybody who is of – zion's level like you got me on my four-year rookie deal my next deal is gonna be a fucking four-year deal with a player option because that's a how i can maximize my money because i can get paid more if i sign that deal and then sign a new deal um you know four years from now um and then that only locks you into that place for seven years instead of nine years or eight years like we just saw the the fucking deal that cat signed He's on, like, nine years, uh, I mean, five on his extension, but he didn't even get a player option. Like, who the fuck are these people's agents, man? Like, I would be like, we ain't signing no five-year deal. We're signing a four-year deal, and we want that player option on that fourth year. And if you don't bring us that, we fucking signing it. Um, like, simple as that. You don't want to give us that contract and fucking trade us. Um, and that's, I mean, you have that power. Um, you don't have to sign whatever deal they decide to give you. Um, so I that's would, where where I I think the league need where you know I think that's where these players need to realize is like a the, the, the contract structures and when you need to sign what contract um, and b not signing a super long term deal in that in that first big contract after after your rookie deal. Um, to maintain your flexibility without leaving, you know, money on the table. Because as it stands now, if you want to, re- if you really want to get out, um, unless you're going to do what like Christoph has did and, and, and like force your way out, um, which I guess is you know also a possibility. Um, but if, you know, if you don't want to go through all that, then you know, you you essentially, um, you know, you you have to take. Uh, uh, qualifying offer, and that's money that you'll just never make back. Uh, I mean, you're talking $20, $25 million that you're just never going to make back. Um, so, I mean, I think doing it the, the, the way that I proposed earlier, that's going to be the smart way to do it. So that way you're only locking yourself down there for seven years. And then, you know, that basically makes it so that, you know, when 18-year-olds are allowed to come back in, you're able to get out of there when you're still 25, 26 years old, and you're still right in the midst of your prime, like really just hitting your prime, and then you get to pick where you want to go. That's what I would be, like, really telling, you know, if I was an agent, that's what I'd be selling these players on.
1: If we're talking bad for the league, I think what's bad for the league, excuse me, is that these rookies have to go to the worst teams in the NBA. NBA. Um, because if I think it's you bad for it up, the rookies.
0: I don't think it's bad for the league.
1: I think it's bad for the league in this sense. Because if you're a small market that can't get big-name free agents, and the best thing you could do is getting these young, hot-shot uh, rookies. If these rookies sure. are unhappy and end up leaving, if you're that fan base, you're like, what are we going to do? Just continuously just hope we draft well? The odds in that for, for a lot of teams are slim. So, to me, it's like I think these owners are going to have to start figuring out ways that if I draft a player and my team was the worst in the league, I have to find a way within the next four years to get from the worst to at least a playoff team. And you can say, like, all these teams obviously try. Sure, you can say that. But we know, Nick, that a lot of these owners are more interested in selling tickets. Then they, then, they, then they are, I'm sorry, necessarily in winning basketball games. You could see it by watching the product they put out on the court. Um, or so just to me,
0: cutting costs. I mean, Robert right. Sarver, the owner of the Suns, I mean, he's constantly trying to, you know, like, I mean, look at that T.J. Warren deal. Like, that was fucking crazy. They gave up the number 32 overall pick to get T.J. Warren off their books. He's making like $10 million this year. Like that's nothing. Like what the fuck are you right. doing?
1: Right. So to me it's like like for example, Phoenix in 5 years we should be looking at Phoenix the way we were just looking at uh Sacramento or like how we look at Sacramento going forward. Uh, the fact that right. that franchise since we Nazareth, should already
0: be looking at them like we like we right. look at Sacramento. <laughs> right. Right.
1: So to me that's an example like you know how much it pains me to see Devin Booker put up the crazy numbers he does on a losing team that looks like it's going nowhere anytime soon. Yeah. Like it just it yeah. kills me. So to me, I think that's one of the things um, that could be bad for the league going forward because you're just subjecting these kids to years and years and years of losing because they're they got drafted for franchise who purposely lost to get that guy to A, either change their franchise, or B, sell tickets. So to me, that's one yeah. of the biggest things that hurts.
0: And I think that boils mostly down to ownership. Like, you you have to have good ownership that's going to invest the money into um, uh, hiring good personnel, um, to whether it be to draft players, whether it be to progress the, those players and, and have them – Um, reach their full potential, Um, uh, you know, uh, medical staff to keep them healthy, Um, all of these things that a guy like Steve Ballmer has no problem doing. Granted, he's the richest NBA owner there is. Um, But a lot of these guys don't care to do all of that, and it it ends up costing a a lot of teams. You know, I I try not to shit on the Knicks, uh, you know, any more than I have to unless it's Kevin Knox. Um, But, like, you know, we kind of see that with – yeah, you know, I mean, I I gotta I gotta take my punches right and get them, um, but uh, but no, I mean we we see we I mean, we see this from the Knicks, like it's like man, I don't think I don't I just don't think Dolan gets it as far as all of these little fringe things. It's like it's almost like Dolan's like, well, you know, I'm not involved anymore. That's what everybody wanted from me was to not be involved, and so like you can't blame me anymore. And it's like, well. Except that, like, look at what fucking Steve Ballmer's doing, man. Like, look at, like, all of this, like, smart, calculated uh, spending that he is doing to really make his team, like, the destination. Um, and, like, you, like, if you're the Knicks, like, you have such a leg up just being the Knicks um, than you do on the Clippers and it's just like, you know, as long as a guy like Dolan owns it, as long as a guy like Sarver owns the Suns, I don't think any amount of rule changes or anything else is going to save these these teams. I think that all of that could be answered um, at the top, which would be with ownership. You know what I mean?
1: No, I, I completely understand what you're saying, and I, I'm not even at the level to where I think it needs to be a rule change. I was just speaking to... Kerr saying the AD situation is bad for the league. It doesn't happen often enough for that to be that big of a thing. So to me, it's like, was that a bad situation? Sure, we could have that conversation all day. Was it bad for the league? No, because if you look at the Lakers, regardless of the trade talks, that team wasn't going to go to the finals. You look at the uh, the Pelicans. That team wasn't even really going to possibly make the playoffs. So it didn't drastically sway either team. Neither one of them are going right. to win the ultimate prize at the end of the day. So no, it's not a detriment to the league. But those, right. uh, these young players um, having to go to these poorly run organizations, that
0: and is, then inevitably is a leaving. bigger
1: issue. Right. That right. is what I think is a bigger issue because think of it like this, and this is a huge shot in the dark. If Giannis leaves, I don't think he will, but if Giannis does leave, how long do you think it'll be before – and I give Coach Bud a lot of respect. I think if anyone could rebuild that after Giannis leaving, he could. But how long do you think it would take the, the Bucks to become this relevant again uh, if a player like Giannis leaves? That, those are my points. Like, that stuff that's bad for the league because then you go, well, no one wants to sign in Charlotte. No one wants to sign in Milwaukee. No one wants to sign in Phoenix. So if your young players aren't developing – You're just not getting productive basketball out of these guys. Um, And if you're the fan base, why am I paying money to come see Devin Booker drop 70, but they lose by 20? Like, I'm just – I'm not doing that. So, to me, that is more of a detriment than the Anthony Davis situation.
0: Yeah, and I think – well, two things here. One, um, to answer your question, um, uh, how long do I think it, it would take? Um, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar was traded from the Bucks to the Lakers in uh, 1975. Um, if Giannis leaves, it, 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 I mean, it'll probably take, what is that, another 40 years for them to be <laughs> relevant like that again? Like, yeah, that's a long fucking time. And, uh, like, don't get me wrong, the Bucks have been relevant. You know, they had those good Ray Allen years and, um, you know, uh, they have some good teams along the way, um, but, like, not not quite at this level, you know, um, and, you know, I, I don't think any of those um, Milwaukee Bucks teams were, you know, the favorites to win the East, um, which, right. you know, I, I guess we could split hairs on whether you want to call them the favorites or, or Philly the favorites, but I, I think most people think that Milwaukee's the favorite to win the East this year. Um, so, like, you know uh yeah it, it would be a long time and that and that would absolutely be detrimental um to that organization um but uh again to bring this full circle um and and I think in a roundabout way I don't think this is what Kendrick perkins was was really getting at but I do think it's interesting um you know you mentioned you don't necessarily think that this particular situation with AD is bad for the league because it doesn't happen often um you could kind of make that same argument with the Kevin Durant thing. It took a fluke um, cap spike and free and and just the perfect free agency for Golden State to have the cap space to go get Kevin Durant. It was a fluke. That's like probably never going to happen again. Um, so, like in that same sort of vein, like it it it's, it, it, it that's not an NBA problem per se because it's never, it's probably never going to happen again. Just like this AD thing doesn't happen in this form or fashion that often. Um, And, but, you know, you could still argue that those particular situations weren't necessarily the best thing for the league, Um, which again, is why I do think Perk has some ground to stand on um, as far as just him questioning. Um, I think, overall questioning if Steve Kerr is the best person to be delivering that message. Um, but yeah, uh, very interesting. Um, uh, you know, this, this whole back and forth on this topic. Um, but we need to move on. Uh, I want to talk a little bit about Jeremy Lin. Um, he opened up recently. Um, he was, uh, uh, uh abroad. Um, he, he doing, um, like a, like a tour, I think is, um, like a outreach, uh, thing, uh, through some kind of, uh, Christian organization. Um, Jeremy Lynn's a devout Christian, um, and, and does a lot of, um, does a lot of missionary work and stuff like that. And so he was, he's involved with various projects and organizations. Um, and so he was, he was doing this and, um, you know, I mean, he, the topic of, you know his free agency came up, and he basically just kind of got real for for a minute there, um kind of on the verge of tears, and you know it's just kind of like thinking maybe kind of seemingly looking at the situation like, well, shit, maybe this is the end, you know, saying you know rock bottom and um it's interesting too, having him trying to explain to. The, you know, people not of our culture, what rock bottom means. <laughs> um, and, uh, and, you know, saying that, you know, he just, he feels like, you know, if it, it, it almost to him feels like the league's forgotten about him. Um, I felt bad for him, man. Like, I know he's made a lot of money. Um, he just won a championship. He obviously probably has a level of fame that is unprecedented given, um given his career, um, like, he's way more famous than his career stats would reflect, if you will. Um, so I don't feel terrible for him in the aggregate, but just in this, like, one instance, it's like, damn, man, like, this this dude is, is like, facing down the mortality of his basketball career, and, you know, he just doesn't feel like he's done, um, and it just sucks. You know, it, it really sucks for him. Um, I hope he gets shot. I kind of want Atlanta to bring him back um, uh, if for no other reason um, that, you know, he seemed to get along really well with Trey Young. Trey Young had that real positive tweet that he sent out um, when he saw the, the clip. Um, and Atlanta, you know, we're, we're currently relying on Evan Turner to be our backup point guard. I think there's a very real possibility that Jeremy Lin, if he stays healthy, um, could outplay Evan Turner, um, and we still do have two roster spots open. I, I don't know. I think it kind of would make sense on our end, um, but I look around the league, and I don't necessarily see a whole lot of teams that you know would necessarily be looking to bring in Jeremy Lynn if they're really looking at it like they need to rely on him because of his injury history. Um, that's not giving you a lot of confidence. You want you know, and your backup point guard, you're expecting a drop off in talent, but what you really, really want is someone who's going to be durable. Um, Lynn has not been able to prove that in the last few years. Um, So I can kind of see where some of these, you know, franchises are coming from and why these offers haven't been there for him. Um, But I do wish him the best of luck. I do hope he gets a shot. And, you know, if he doesn't, um, I would love to see him in the CBA. Um, like, I mean, he's the kind of guy who could go play ball in China and really make some serious money and, and really kind of have a new chapter in his career um, that could end up extending his career a long time. I know that's not what he wants. I mean, obviously, he's he's from America, um, but he he is kind of this global icon um, in, in a way that you, you may not expect. Um, I don't know. Uh, I guess – I guess what I would say is I I want I I I would like for him to I guess get um you know what he wants you know I mean if he doesn't want that um you know if if then you know whatever um but uh, he's just always seemed like such a really nice really humble guy uh, the thing that always stuck out to me was the um his response to Kenyon Martin. Um, when Kenya Martin went after him for having cornrows and, um, you know, basically saying that um, Jeremy Lin shouldn't do that, it's cultural appropriation. Um, I don't think Kenya Martin used the word words cultural appropriation. Um, no, nah, he, um, he might have said culture vulture.
1: He might have said culture vulture.
0: Maybe. Um, but, uh, but, yeah, I mean, he was basically saying that he, he shouldn't do that because, you know, he's Asian and that's that's not – that ain't cool. And, you know, Jeremy Lin basically came back and was like, hey, man, I respect your opinion. Um, I've got a lot of respect um, for the African-American culture. Um, so I, I I don't do it out of uh, a, anything other than love, respect and admiration. Um, just like I'm sure, like, you know, you you have, you know, Chinese uh, symbols and and." And words and shit tattooed on your arm. I'm sure you're not doing that out of anything other than respect. Like, I mean, let's call a spade a spade here. And he was, but he was like more polite about it than I'm saying now. But still, kind of gave him his little what for. Um, but I, I, I just felt like he handled that in probably the best way you possibly could have handled it. Um, that always kind of stood out to me. Um, but, uh, but yeah. Um, anyway, your your general thoughts on um, Lynn potentially being done with the or the NBA being done with Lynn, I guess I should say. Um and uh do you do you think a team should should sign him not from a emotional standpoint, like of course we want him to make a team, but do you see a team out there do you think that he's worth committing a roster spot to um given his his injury concern and maybe his his limited amount of um uh play uh because of those injuries?
1: Um, I I wasn't that high on Jeremy Lin in his time in Houston, uh, and then his career going forward. Um, numbers is the biggest reason why uh, Jeremy Lin does not have a current home. Um, he right. has seemed to have been a very system kind of player. Like if D'Antoni was his coach, I would say I would love his chances. Like I think D'Antoni has cracked the code on how to properly utilize Jeremy Lin. Um, but, I mean, his numbers is why. Like, I, I don't think it's because he's Asian. I don't think it's because they thought he lost the Lin's, uh, Was it, the Lin sanity magic. I think it was just, dude, like, after, you know, you sat out on the Knicks because you didn't want to risk uh, that big contract that you got in Houston, you just have not been the same player. So it's not like, You've been great for all this time, and now you're starting to dwindle down. Like, that would be different because then you could go, dude, ch- check my resume. But when we go back and look at your resume, it's, like, not so good. But
0: Yeah, we'll he hasn't been – he's obviously been hurt uh, for a lot of that, but uh, th- that factors in. Um, and I don't think he's been, a like, a, a reliable, like, three-point shooter for – Four or five seasons now. Um,
2: mm-hmm.
0: I, I'd have to I'd have to dig up the stats, but um, but I mean he 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 has not been consistent. I mean he's a pick and roll point guard, um, and which is fine for your backup point guard. But again, only if they can like give you seventy games a season, you know? Right.
1: Yeah, and I mean, again, I'll put this in in uh, context. Is it right that Jeremy Lin, who just won an NBA final, that he did not help to get, but nonetheless was on the team? Is it fair that he does not have a job, but Chandler Parsons does? No. I, no. No. No, of course not. But it's the reality that we live in. Um, and I think the best thing for him to do is to go overseas, ball out. And I'm sure somebody will go, yeah, he's looking really good. You know, I could use the point guard. Sure, let me. Let me give him a call and see if, see if we can sign him at some point this season. Uh, or even if he plays a full season over there, and no one signs him this year. But next year, maybe they reevaluate him. I mean, that's completely possible. We we've seen it done before. Um yeah. I don't think that. I don't think they necessarily gave up on him. I think if you're an NBA team, like a, a scout for for what the team needs or whatever, I think you've seen him over the past few years, and you're like it's not that impressive. Like I, I'm I i do not feel the need to spend five million dollars or whatever on Jeremy Lane. I'd I'd prefer to use it somewhere else. Um so I mean I tell you this, the biggest travesty uh travesty is that Vince Carter does not have an NBA team right now. I'm yeah. more concerned about that than I am Jeremy Lynn. Uh because that yeah. is a guy who could say, Look at my resume Look at what a mentor right. I've been on the teams that I've been on. Like, that's valuable. Right. Um, so to yeah, me, and look at my positional
0: versatility. Right. You know, like, so he me, played that's, as that's many minutes at the thing. four last year as you did the three. And, like, and the fact that, like, wing, uh, you know, positional scarcity, there's just so many more teams who need wing depth um, than need, you know, another backup guard.
1: Right. So, to me, I, again, I do feel sorry for him in the sense of this has been his dream. But, to me, you've achieved what, a, what someone who wants to play in the NBA has. You, uh, you had sure. to start him. You had to start him. And on your way out, like let's say this is the last time he plays in the NBA, you got a championship. Like I get it. Yeah. You weren't one of the driving forces of it. But that Lynn Sanity was huge for that two weeks. That was huge, man. You yeah. balled on Kobe. You balled on everybody. You were on the main stage. You were balling. And now you, you're yeah. on your way out. You got a ring. So I think if you're Jeremy Lynn, you have to just put things in proper context and say, I did I did achieve, like, something that no one really thought I could, and that stardom and winning the championship. So. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, Real quick before we end this, I I thought it was interesting because um, Beaumont Jones Jones um, spoke on this today um, on his podcast, The Right Time, um, which is a great podcast. Um, I thoroughly enjoy it. Uh, but uh, you know, he said, and this was I I feel definitely just his speculation, um, but um, you know, he kind of said looking at looking at it from this kind of context he thinks that Jeremy Lynn feels like he's never really gotten the respect that maybe he deserved, um, you know, throughout his career, Um, partially undeservedly so because, I mean, he's obviously had a good career. Um, Like, I I think it's obviously been, been, you know, uh, hampered by injuries, especially over, you know, the the latter years. Um, But overall, the, the dude's had a good career. Um, but I do think it's interesting that Beaumont Jones pointed out um, with all the shit that was going down um, with Linsanity and all that and all the hype he was getting. Um, in a league that's what, 80% black, um, there's probably, I, I'm sure, there was a ton of players out there, um, and this was his words, and I agree with him, uh, Beaumont Jones' words. I'm sure there's a lot of players out there who were like, man this motherfucker is only getting this attention cuz he ain't black like and maybe even more specifically because he's an asian guard like if he if this was just you know um some run of the mill like uh i mean think about it how many times have we seen like stretches like that where it just it doesn't get that kind of limelight like we see stretches like that from time to time um you know from from various players Uh, And it just never gets that kind of buildup, never gets that kind of limelight. Um, And I I do think there's something to be said for that. And I do think that there's at least some possibility that there was a certain amount of envy um, uh, from a lot of dudes who looked at Jeremy Lin and was like, man, I'm better than this dude. And look at all this attention this guy's getting. Like I am a lot better than this dude. Um, and, you know, that's probably bared out, probably come to fruition, been proven true um, over the course of Lynn's career. Um, but it does suck for Lynn, uh, who did have a good career, maybe got a little overhyped, maybe a lot overhyped, um, you know, for Lynn's sanity and all that stuff. Um, but nevertheless, he did have a respectable NBA career, um, and that's something that would probably be – difficult to deal with if you, you you know you had to leave a situation feeling like you weren't respected by the, the your peers the the people that you um shared that game with while you were there if you do f- feel that way like you just don't feel like you you're respected um that's uh that's something that I would imagine would be difficult to deal with you have any thoughts on that
1: um i only very little agree with with, with that. Um, I, I don't see it from a race standpoint. I do see it more from a lot of players didn't respect what he uh, what he was doing because it was just like, all right, cool. Like you know, you're you're looking good, but is this you right now, or is this you as a player like for the entirety of your career? And we saw a lot of players see, and analysts mean? that were like, God
0: well, I'm just going to say, let me let me be clear. I'm not saying that they're looking at it from a race perspective, like the players. I'm saying, but, and, and maybe in a roundabout way I am, but what I'm saying is that they're looking at the attention that he's getting from the media and, and looking at it from that perspective and saying, look, man, I, I've, I've seen dudes go on runs like this at the fucking blacktop, man. Like, I'm not – like, this is nothing special. The only reason y'all are paying this dude so much attention is because he ain't black. Like, because we got, cool. like, you know, so many different dudes who are doing this shit, like, like all the time. And it doesn't get this kind of, it doesn't get this level of attention, this level of coverage.
1: I mean, sure, yeah. I mean, that that definitely could be uh, contributed to it. To me, I just see it in the sense of the same way I felt about Jeremy Lin. Was it great if you were a Knicks fan? Yeah, absolutely. But my biggest issue was I lost a lot of respect for Jeremy when when, um, he decided to sit out on the Knicks in the playoffs. Like, not when we were just halfway through the season. And he was like, nah, I'm going to just take, you know, some time off, make sure I'm full. No, he did it during the playoffs.
2: Probably a good idea, honestly.
1: Probably, but as, as a fan of the Knicks who thought we needed him come playoffs, sure. Um, I had a huge issue with that. And um, the biggest issue a lot of people had was that Miami game. In Miami, where Mario Chalmers was shutting down Jeremy Lynn. A lot of people were like, That's well, what I'm wait, saying. hold on. Like, hold on. Is, is, which is the real Jeremy Lin? And I think a lot of people were like, a lot will tell us what he does in, in his first season in Houston. And he virtually yeah. did nothing. Um, I mean, sure, you, you could blame it on a whole multitude of different things. And I'm not saying it was all his fault. But he did not look Lin, Lin sanity good since he sat out uh, from that injury um, to show up his contract. So, to me, I look at it and I'm just like, you never, like, lived up to Lin sanity after that injury. Like, you never got back to that point. So to me, that was the biggest reason why a lot of people don't give you your roses uh, is because a lot of people felt like you were exactly what you happened to turn out to be, which was a splash in the pan kind of guy. Um, So to me, it's just like, it's not like Jeremy Lin was out here uh, tearing it up in Houston, and then he just more recently lost it. Then you can say, yo, just look at my resume. The numbers are there. He didn't have that, so I look at it more in the sense of um, you kind of turned out to be what a lot of people thought you were, and it was someone who was just good for that moment.
0: Yeah, and see, I would even argue, like, just again, not that I,
1: I think "flash
0: in the pan" is is a little, um, I think that's a little unfair. I think that I think that's maybe. Um, uh, that didn't really capture the spirit of it, in, in my opinion, because um, I mean, if you look at like his um, it, his averages in um, in Brooklyn uh, in uh, twenty sixteen, twenty seventeen, I mean, he averaged fourteen and a half points a game, eighty one percent free throw percentage. He just he just didn't fucking play because um, he got hurt, uh, and then. Since that season, he's just been hurt. Like, um, you know, he, he just has not been able uh, to, to stay healthy. Um, and it's just, you know, it, it's it's unfortunate. But, you know, that's just kind of been the way it is. Um, and he played well for Atlanta last year. I mean, I, I, I think he was fine. Um, yeah, he was still kind of banged up. But he did play, end up playing 51 games um, over the course of that year um, at around 20 minutes a game. Um, so I mean, again, I don't, I don't think it's, I don't think flashing the pans the right word, but I do think it, it, he, it, he definitely trailed off to being average, and I think that resentment of the hype he got had probably always lingered with a lot of guys. Yeah, like I'm looking at that game. I don't remember that game specifically, but I'm sitting here thinking, yeah, I bet Mario Chalmers did d his ass up because he was probably sitting there thinking, look, I'm better than this dude. Like, and this dude's getting all the fucking attention. Um,
1: I remember yo. this game vividly. It was so bad. <laughs> Mario, Mario Chalmers was picking him up full court. Full Damn court, right he was. It was locking him up in full court. It just, as a Knicks yeah. fan, it looked bad, like really bad. So, I mean, that that was the first time in that season everyone was kind of just like, well, which is the real Jeremy Lin? Like, is this the Jeremy Lin that that's being locked up full court by Mario Chalmers, or is this the Jeremy Lin that's beating the Lakers? Uh, it just it, it never you know it never formed. And like I said, sure, Flash and Pan might be a little uh, a little mean spirited, um, but I only go by that. And I did say, um, you know, I don't put how his career turned out a hundred percent on him. Like, it's not just like he didn't have the talent, um, but everyone was expecting you to do what you did during Lynn's sanity longer. And it just didn't form that way for whatever the reason being, it did not form that way. So you are going to have people that kind of look at, look at it and go, didn't really live up to the hype.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think the hype was overblown and then that's kind of the point that I'm making the whole time. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, you know, I mean, he did, I mean, Dude had a pretty good career even if he's done. I mean, what he he played 10 seasons in the NBA, way longer than most people play. Career averages 11.6 yeah. points per game, 4.3 assists, 2.8 boards, um career, uh, career 80% free throw shooter, um 34% from 3. Um like just all around not bad, you know. Yeah, man. Very very decent career. Um, you know, and that's just that's the way it is for most guys. Um anyway, I still think he's got something left in the tank. I think um I'd like to see Atlanta bring him back for one more year. I think it'd be uh I think it would be um a worthwhile investment, especially like I said, because we don't we don't have a third string point guard um currently. Um we have two uh we've you know, we have two guys, um you know, uh two or two excuse me, two roster spots still open. Um so if you you know, if you wanna invest one of those on like a young dude, um, you know, maybe that's somebody else hell. I'd rather just say, fuck it, let's bring back Lynn and, and Vince for like, you know, and that'll be our roster going you know, going into the season. I'd be totally down with that. Um, though I think Vince wants to play on a team where he's gonna get a few more minutes. Um, obviously the the um the Hawks uh you know, are going to be prioritizing their younger guys, and now they have even more wings that they need to split minutes with. So um, maybe Toronto. Um, I've heard some buzz about Toronto for Vince. I think that would be fitting. Um, But anyway, um, let's move on to our final topic. Um, In a recent poll taken by ESPN, 20 various league officials were asked, amongst other questions, who is the favorite to win the title and who is the best player in the league? Neither the Lakers nor LeBron James were mentioned by these 20 uh, people. Um, Jawan, people sleeping on the Lakers and LeBron? Uh,
1: I I don't know if you'd say – I say this. I say if the Lakers aren't there and the Clippers are, then, yeah, you're 100% sleeping on the Lakers because you're not going to tell yeah, Clippers,
0: me. Yeah, Clippers got 12 votes, man.
1: Yeah, because you're not going to tell me – Albeit, there are, there are people way smarter than me about basketball, so I'm not even going to, uh, you know, knock them. But I'm not sold on Paul George. Never have, never will be. I will still say Kawhi will be dragging that team like he had to drag Toronto before I would say the Lakers aren't going to live up to their height. Like that team, yes. Are, are they weirdly constructed? Yes, 100%. But do I think they're better constructed uh than they were last year? Yeah. And then you add Anthony Davis to that. Yes, this team is gonna be a juggernaut. Um now whether they win at all, that's to be seen. But I would almost be willing to make a hot take and say they will have a better record than the Clippers. I am almost there. Ooh, almost. I'm not That's a, a real hot take. Yet. I'm not saying it officially yet, but I'm almost there. The more I keep hearing people talk, oh, Luke will take flippers, you up on that bet. <laughs> I, would, I would gladly have that with Luke. I want to sit with it a little bit more, but I'm almost there. But to me, I think, yes, you are ultimately sleeping on the Lakers, which I, I don't know why. Because if you even want to say they're coaching, I'm kind of like, well, if the coaching starts off bad, you always can fire that coach, and then you have Jason Kidd, <laughs> you know, sitting yeah. right there. Which,
0: like, just yeah. – bring up who knows if that's an upgrade i don't know um
1: but nevertheless
0: it'd be a different voice um yeah yeah i mean you could definitely say the coaching um you could definitely cite um you know a a questionable um roster construction or wouldn't necessarily roster construction but the fact that they waited for Kawhi and then didn't get him and then have to go with like this really late plan b when if they just committed from the beginning to saying look, we're not it, – it's not even smart for us to wait on this guy, you know, because we have so many holes. Like, let's fill these holes and go after guys, um, you know, who, who we can really, um, like, s- spread this team out and, and make it so that we have a really good team on the court. Um, and also just, like, I, I really don't understand keeping Kuzma. Um, it just doesn't make sense to me. Um, like, I, I would have rather kept Hart. Honestly, um, just the way that, like, Hart kind of would seemingly fit better with LeBron and AD, whether, you, you know, regardless, I mean, if ideally you want LeBron playing the four and you want AD playing the five. But even if you have LeBron playing the three and AD playing the four, like, Hart fits with either one of those, you know, rotations. Um, Kuzma only fits with one of them, and that's even arguable. Um, so, like, I even think down to that, not the best. Idea, and I'm just not as high on Kuzma as a lot of people are. Um, like you're way higher on Kuzma than I am. Um, but regardless of that, i I would not consider. I think. I think the biggest thing I take away from this is it's small sample size. It's only 20 dudes. Like they only pulled 20 people. Like what are you doing, releasing a poll where you only talk to 20 people? Like there, there's 30 teams. <laughs> Like, that doesn't make any fucking sense. Like, talk to more fucking people, Kevin Pelton. Um, But, uh, so first of all, there's that. So, I mean, small sample size. Um, And, of course, you know, these polls are anonymous, so we don't know who they talk to. We don't know what biases any particular person may have. Um,
1: But, One of them seemingly was (laughs) Joel. Yeah, probably. (laughs)
0: Uh, but, uh, But, no, so, like, that aside, I you know I don't think it's that surprising. You ask 20, 20 league officials, you know whether it be GMs or, or coaches or assistant coaches or whatever. Um, you ask twenty people in the league, uh, you know if, if if who's the favorite and none of them picked the Lakers. That didn't really shock me. Um, I mean, you got a there's a lot of factors here because the favorites to win the title, like like first of all they got to make it through the West, um, which that's just gonna be fucking so hard, like even harder this season than it was last season. Um, so like you know when when people say, oh well I think the Bucks are the favorite or I think the Sixers are the favorite, like you know you're not necessarily saying that you think they're better than the Lakers. You're just saying they got an easier pathway, and you know chances are, um, you know they got a better shot at winning it all. I think that makes sense. I can I can, um. I can get from A to Z in my head there where I can't get from A to Z in my head is how the fuck you're going to ask 20 people in the league. These motherfuckers have presumably been in the league for the last 16 years and not one of them is going to say LeBron James is the best player in the league. Not one. Like this motherfucker, like he, he gets hurt for, for, you know, the tail end of the season like, comes back, but he's never fully healthy. Um, and, and you know, Kawhi has a good run in the playoffs. And, you know, Giannis wins MVP and James Harden goes off and all that. But, like, seriously, not one of y'all is sitting here saying, you know, I think LeBron's still fucking got it, dude. I think he's going to be well-rested. He's going to come back. He's going to play. Like, that's what's crazy to me. So, I think I think more than they're sleeping on the Lakers, people sleeping on LeBron and like you know LeBron in the off season he he reads this shit he knows this shit's out there um so i'm going to be interested to see um obviously i think they have to do a a reasonably good job of not putting so many miles on him throughout this season now that doesn't necessarily mean he's got a do a load load management thing where he only plays, like, 60, 62 games throughout the year, but try to keep his minutes down in the games that he plays, limit his back-to-backs, those kinds of things, So play, like, 75 out of the 82 games and, you know, try to average, like, closer to 28 to 30 minutes instead of 36 minutes a game, you know, things of that nature. But having Anthony Davis is going to make all of that a lot easier. Um, but, yeah, like – that's the thing that got me like I was just like wow I can't believe like this is the first time I can even like fathom in my head that not one person would pick LeBron out of 20 league officials in like like people in the know like none of them picked him and like I'm not even saying I would pick him I'm still I'm still wavering on that I tell you what if KD wasn't hurt I definitely wouldn't pick him because I'd be picking KD um I i I, Feel like I'm probably gonna pick Kawhi just because you know I mean he did he did kind of win it but like if you if you were to ask me this question over the next twenty days I guarantee you at least one of those fucking days I'd say LeBron you know what I mean like um, well like it, I'm just saying
1: you yeah, go ahead no I was just gonna say to me the reason why it's overwhelmingly Kawhi, um is for a few reasons one. Uh, I no longer call him by his name, so he's just number 35. Just, just so you understand when I say number 35, Nick. Um, you look at, you look right, at what Skip. Kawhi did. <laughs> yeah, I'm taking a page out of Skip's book. You look at what Kawhi did um, with Toronto, right? And you go I – mean, Hey, well, wait. Someone
0: he, like, he's number seven now, by the way. <laughs> just
1: saying. Uh, even you know. worse. Even worse. Number seven. Number seven. Um you know, what Kawhi was able to do at Toronto, like, someone might say Giannis sure. is the best player in the league, and it's like, well, he kind of made Giannis look kind of bad um, in the <laughs> conference yeah, finals. He did. So, I'm like, that's a knock against Giannis. Then you go, uh, well, you know, it, it's number seven. Uh, well, Kawhi kind of did it with no Steph Curry, no Klay Thompson, no Draymond, no DeMarcus Cousins. Um, so then you kind of go, I am I lean more that way? Um, and you could even say Kawhi's road to the finals with the Raptors this year was a higher degree of difficulty than what Durant has had to face since being in Golden State. Um, just because sure. he's on the juggernaut. Like, it, it's just easier. Like, you can depend on Curry right. for 30, uh, Clay for 30. Kawhi didn't have Absolutely. that. So whenever you see a yeah. guy – of Kawhi's talent, do more with less, there's no way you can not put him in the best player in the NBA. Now, what's insane is that LeBron on what people call an off year had numbers better in year, what is he in, year 15, 14, 15, or whatever?
0: 16.
1: Um, 16. 16. He's entering 16 or last year was 16?
0: Last year was 16.
1: Okay. So he had better numbers in year 16 than guys have in year 5. So to me, I I don't really see a tremendous drop-off for you to just um, immediately say, nope, no more. LeBron's out of the conversation completely. Um, So that I don't get. Well, and here's the thing, and this is what I'm saying. This
0: is the crux of it to me. It's like I get that Kawhi's going to get the most votes. I'm not disagreeing with that, and he did. Mm -hmm. Um, He got the the, the lion's share of them. Giannis got got the next amount, and then Harden got like two out of the twenty. But out of 20 people, nobody picked LeBron? Like, that's what's crazy to me. Out of 20 people in the league, not one of them was like, yeah, I mean, it's it's still LeBron. I mean, he was hurt last year, but, like, come on, dude, let's be real. Like, it's fucking – until, like, until he really fucking, like, you know, falls off that cliff, I'm not – I'm I'm still going with LeBron. And that's the thing, too. Like, it's – how are we measuring this? Like, because I don't even necessarily think it's fair to measure it as far as, like – Well, you know, LeBron, you know, he doesn't really play defense anymore. He kind of cakewalks. Yeah, all of this is true in the regular season. Like, that motherfucker has completely different gear that he goes into in the playoffs. We saw it in game one against Golden State um, when he was still in Cleveland. Like, he single-handedly almost won them that game one. Um, And, like, I think JR catches way too much shit for, um, like, for that whole – you know, debacle at the end there, um, but nevertheless, um, you know, if if maybe that that goes a little different, like that's looked at as one of the lauded, and even even in the loss is lauded as one of the most remarkable singular game playoff performances ever. Um, we are literally like what fucking uh, what two two years away from that. Um, now, like, uh, well, no, like more like a year, more like what, like a, like 14 months, uh, 15 months. Um, that's crazy to me that like people, it's, it's like this, this form of recency bias that people just like, it's still, it's just baffling to me that out of 20 people, nobody's like, yeah, I'm not, I remember 15 months ago. Like, I remember what LeBron did. Like, I'm not, I'm not ready to say it's just because he got hurt and his team didn't make the playoffs and he didn't get to flip that switch and we didn't get to see it that, you know, all of a sudden, I must say, Kawhi Leonard is better than them.
1: Even if you don't want to go that far, Nick, I just pulled up his numbers. 27-8-8. Eight and eight. I, I yeah. don't see how you look at that from a player in year 16 and not one person looks at that and goes, yeah, that's really nice. That's best player in, in the league kind of stuff at year 16. Right. Like, I, I get it. Right. Players have had maybe better numbers or whatever. In year 16, that is almost unheard of. That is almost right. unheard of. Like, that's yeah. crazy. It, it's yeah, insane. Not mention, but He's going to show him this can, year, man. <laughs>
0: yeah, well, and I was going to say, not to mention, we can debate the merit of LeBron's involvement. I don't care to do it. Um, but like, obviously, uh, even excluding the injuries, both to LeBron and other members of that team, because obviously Lonzo, mm-hmm. I don't even think played half a season last year. Right. Um, like they, you know, they obviously had all the chemistry issues after the AD thing, and that really kind of fucked them up and put them in this weird flux. So, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm looking at this situation like I can't fault them, but you know, for like I said, for for having um those other three guys on the list and, and all of that. Like you can make arguments for any of those three. But for Braun not to be even in that list still a little crazy to me. I definitely think Katie would be in that list if he wasn't hurt. Um I was also a little surprised that no not one person mentioned Steph either. Um I think again yeah. that's like it's like a little recency bias. Like they're like, well, you know, he didn't he didn't really show up against, you know, the the Raptors when, you know, they, you know, really needed him, you know, because KD wasn't playing and blah, 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 blah. blah, And it's like, I mean, he played pretty well in that series. I mean, not as well as you would have liked, obviously they didn't get the fucking W. Um, but you know, like, I mean, he, he definitely played fucking fantastic games, the Blazers, um, which, you know, obviously is a different, different animal, different team. Um, but and we also have to factor in too that Toronto was one of the best defensive teams in the league last year, so um, I think that comes yeah. into play as well. Um, and we yeah, have to
1: speak to the fact <clears throat> he dropped forty something in one of those games, and they still lost. So it's like right, I mean, he yeah, he been like forty six games, right, right. And that was a game without Clay, so it's like a lot was right. wrong. So you can't go, well, Steph, how come you couldn't single handedly beat this team right. that's so good defensively? It's not easy to do, man. I don't think many people would have been able to do it.
0: Right. Yeah. Um. And so yeah, I was a, a little surprised with that too. A little more surprised with LeBron, but yeah, even even still a little surprised that that Steph didn't get any. Now I can understand why AD didn't get any. <laughs> right. Just because of all the shit show. Um. But I think he's gonna be in that conversation this year too. Um. I think mm-hmm. those are probably your six guys throughout the course of this season. Am I missing anybody? Is there anybody that, that comes to mind that I'm maybe no. leaving off? No. I mean, I think that's pretty much it. Those are your top six dudes. Um, that's it. Yeah. Obviously, since since Katie's hurt. Um, I love Embiid, but, man, he, he's he got to put – he's got to get fucking fit, man. Like, he's – he like – he just fucking looks so tired at the end of games, game, just lumbering around like – if if he I mean, ever and, gets in like really elite shape i i think he's in that conversation but um and jokic i would i would he might be in that same kind of position with embiid like he's got a little more refining to do to be in that rarefied air but you know he's he's definitely in the top 10 for me
1: yeah embiid i look at as one of those players to where it's like you know those players that you have the conversation saying like, man, if he could ever stay healthy, he would be like the best in the league. Embiid's that kind of guy for me. I'm like, well, if he if he ever is able to play like almost seventy games in a season, yeah, I could make a and, I could make a case the, and play be every MVP. game in the playoffs. Right, oh, yeah. I could make a case And need to be MVP.
0: Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, dude, he's. He's essentially the closest thing we've ever had to Olajuwon since Olajuwon. Like, I mean, his footwork is just unprecedented, his defensive acumen. um, Like, Olajuwon's the only guy who's ever been able to, like, be that big and still yet that fluid and that skilled. Um, And Embiid can even shoot from, like, you know, distances that Olajuwon never, you know, even tried because the game was so different. Um, I bet right. you Olajuwon could have done it if he played in today's NBA. Oh, that motherfucker would be taking three. But threes. also, yeah.
1: Olajuwon didn't need to because when you're that dominant in the post, you just stay in the post. Like <laughs> you don't really need to do anything Right, else. but in, but they my point is
0: Embiid's, Embiid's that dominant in the post, um, but like uh, – yeah, well, I mean on a sliding scale. Like he's he's as dominant in the post in today's NBA as Olajuwon was in. 1990s NBA, which the post was obviously more physical and more difficult then, Um, but but nevertheless, uh, you know, like, it's just a different game. Like, you want everybody shooting, um, like, spreading out the floor to open the lanes, um, which is just not something that you had in 90s basketball. Um, But, yeah, uh, I I definitely think Embiid could, could, you know, if he can stay healthy, it's going to be a thing. But, yeah, for now, I think I think those are probably those six is about where the cutoff is as far as the the cream of the crop, if you will. Um, but all right, man, let's leave it there. Fun show as always. Um, what uh, what we got going on um, this week? Uh, well, I can plug this. Uh, Dane and I did a, an episode of uh, Monday Suck uh, yesterday, so be sure to check that out, everyone. Um, we uh, broke down a, a a couple random issues. Um, and uh, and but we spent the majority of the podcast um, talking about Quentin Tarantino's uh, new movie, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, which um, I'm sure if you listen to Geek Vibes Live, you heard me break that down uh, this past weekend uh, in, in a non-spoiler fashion. A uh, quick little review. Um, Dane and I get full into like all the various spoilers and, and go throughout the whole movie, so uh, definitely check that out. Joanne. what else we got?
1: Uh, we just had an interview with Sean Sipos from uh, Sci-Fi's Krypton, plays Adam Strange. Oh, nice. um, that was a really, really, really good conversation we had uh, with him on that. Me and T also just reviewed um, Amazon Prime's new hit show, The Boys. Um, oh, nice! It was an amazing show. It was a really, really, really good show. Um, outside of that, just stay tuned, obviously for uh, Wrestling Geeks Alliance tomorrow possibly another full-court press Thursday, Geeks Against the Grain, uh, Geek Vibes Live, and Top 10. All right.
0: Sounds good, man. Uh, always appreciate you hopping on here with me. Uh, uh, everybody, appreciate y'all listening. Uh, please, uh, you know, subscribe to the channel, Geek Vibes Nation, um, and we're actually um, branching oh. out. We're, we're getting – oh, go ahead.
1: No, I was just going to say, um, I believe as of today, Nick, you have been um, – they have accepted uh, – iTunes has accepted you, so Full Court Press should have its own channel now.
0: Booyakasha, Nice. Um, so, yeah, so everyone, um, uh, if you're like me and you get your podcasts uh, through Apple, through iTunes, uh, we now have our own channel for Full Court Press. It only took us 143 episodes to get there. Um, we've been on ve- we've been on a very long interim basis uh here over at fcp <laughs> um, but uh but yeah so uh be sure to um subscribe give us a give us a five star review um please uh like and it, if you don't want to give us a five star review just don't give us a review like you know be, that would be, be, nice be nice about it man uh <laughs> right. yeah like five star reviews only come on um and uh when we start getting some of those to come in we'll probably start reading some on the podcast um that's uh something i've seen a couple other podcasts do that i think is kind of novel um and uh, i kind of like it um so you know we'll, we'll hopefully start doing that uh in, in the near future um so yeah be sure to do that and uh as well, be sure to uh, subscribe to all of our other channels on uh, Geek Vibes Nation, um, and we will see you uh, maybe later this week, maybe not. We're going to play it by ear. It's, you know, it's the dregs of summer, man. There's not a lot going on, so we're going to kind of let the news dictate, um, you know, whether whether we need to hop on again or not. So, um, But if we don't see you this Thursday, we'll definitely see you next week. Until then, peace. Peace.